to another episode here on the Home Tech Talk podcast, where we talk all things tech. My name is Jake, and joining me as always is Aiden. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. What's been happening? Oh, all sorts of exciting things, Jake. We've got all sorts. Yeah, lots of um, same as you, really. Lots of quoting, which is a good change, to be honest. We've want to be quiet on the quoting front so we're back looking at some new projects which is always a little bit exciting some um, nice even if they are seem to sort of all blur into one similar type situation these days but yeah it's good to be back looking at some new jobs for sure that's good what else has been going on with you what have you got for me yeah yeah same stuff really a few service calls here and there trying to trying to keep uh, everybody's systems happy, uh, especially everybody's using them a bit more these days. So, um, yeah, keeping those systems going and, yeah, quoting a lot, which is great. Good, um, hopefully, some opportunities there. So, yeah. Have you um, have you seen much issue with supply? Have you yeah. had trouble getting product? Yeah, definitely. There's a few, um, not just also supply, but pricing as well. Um, it's been a bit interesting uh, during these times. What changes to the, the Australian dollar yeah, and prices going up? Crazy, and... craziness happening there. But, um, you know, it's the roller coaster, I guess. Yeah, we've had a bit of trouble getting gear. It seems like if the, supp- the suppliers are doing their best to put us all, to try and, you know, put us all out of business, to be honest, I'm having trouble getting enough gear to finish projects. We've like seems that they carry one item in stock, and then, right. you know, as soon as the one item's ordered, then you know, tough luck. You can wait a month and a half until we get another another one of the single item back in. It's a bit ridiculous, to be honest. Well, I hope that improves. Uh, that's their job. I, I think they meant to have a warehouse full of gear to f- keep keep <laughs> us busy. So <laughs> we're doing our bit, selling it. I just can't turn up and install it. Yeah. Well, on this episode, we'll be talking about CCTV, the different types of cameras, the different types of wiring, features, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll kick it off, Aiden. All right, sounds good. This has come off the back of me doing a, a, um, a new type of um, video management system or VMS that uh, we haven't, I haven't used before, so... It's just inspired a bit of a conversation about some of the CCTV or camera system options. So we're going to run through basically just the the different types of categories that there are, covering the you know the off the shelf product from your mainstream um, what are they, what are they called? You know, mainstream retail outlets from JBs and Harvey Norman and whatever. And then also the systems that we usually work with from a custom in- installation perspective and then also some of the higher-end products that I don't know about you, but we don't work with that often um, unless it's a no. quite specific project or they've been specified. They, they definitely primarily occupy the commercial space, so airports and train stations and, you know, all government and big, uh, big business type environments yeah there's definitely a a good range of uh, cameras out there and you know we are seeing more and more uh, camera systems coming out that are marketed towards the diy market 
and uh, yeah, basically making them easy to use and easy to install with uh, very less uh, worrying about the cabling infrastructure and more or less putting them on the wireless networking and and obviously with that can bring dramas as well with wi-fi signaling and and also security with wi-fi as well yeah so do you want to run through some of those products i I personally i've only had maybe a very small handful of uh, instances where i've interacted with any of that product um but i have seen what it sort of does yeah there's a few brands out there and they all range from different pricing to different features and and uh, there's mainstream brands such as, you know, the Netgear Arlo is, is one that's uh, heavily used and they're, they're also heavily reviewed as well and they do quite um, have a good range of features. There's also brands such as Ring uh, who are owned by Amazon and they have quite a bit of range in, in different types of cameras, whether it be uh, from your small camera to an outdoor camera they even have uh, now spotlight cameras where they've got uh, actual lights on them that have motion sensing and you can also do alarms on them as well so you can trigger sirens uh, if you did see some sort of intruder on your property, which is a nice feature to have. Yeah, some of those the things that happen with the DIY product is that they seem to have some really, um, really good features that are super simple to set up so like if you wanted to define a motion detection area or trigger an alarm that stuff is really really simple in those diy products and substantially simpler than what's available to you in the next you know the next product here that we typically work with on the custom installation front from those mainstream sort of mass-produced chinese product from dawa and hikvision they typically are a lot harder to set up that type of functionality. So it seems to come out of the box in that entry or in the DIY product set. And it seems to be quite a, and that's a, it's a really hard thing for, you know, the end user to understand when they've, if they've come from a, a day, like they might've had a single ring or a single Arlo or something, and they've wanted to get more coverage and they've gone to a professionally installed system. And then they find themselves wishing that they had some of those, uh, really simple, like user-friendly little features that they used to have on their single Arlo that they're just not available to them on the the um, the Hikvision or the Dawa product set that you know we typically work with. Yeah, there's a different range of features that come with the DIY market, and it it looks like they are really feature-packed. And they do definitely come out of the box with those features ready to go. And, and that's also part due to their app development as well. And a lot of these DIY cameras would come with their own app and you can do a lot in that one app. Um, but talking about the prosumer market and the, the, the brands out there like the Hikvision and the Dawa uh, camera lines is that they're more integratable in a sense into some of the systems that we would typically do and that's a benefit of that prosumer sort of install yeah i think there seems to be quite a a difference too like in terms of the focus of the company so those those diy products they do heavily focus on those user user friendly and intuitive feature sets and their apps are very well built uh, whereas the the, the Dawa and the Hikvision type products that are more of a, 
they're in the professional category and that they tend to focus their development on the actual camera. So the imaging will be far superior on the Hikvision and the Dawa stuff than what you get from an Arlo or a Ring, especially when it comes to like low light environments with IR and range and uh, focus and things like that. Those products will work much, much better, like give you a much better image but the features and the app usability is compromised because it seems to seems to sort of be the focus of the actual sensor and camera hardware as opposed to the user experience and the software. So yeah. it's just an interesting perspective and something to keep in mind if you're looking at a camera system, so what matters to you. Yeah, and that uh, sort of leads us to our another topic is different types of cameras and and how they sort of uh, integrate with other systems and also how, uh, what features they have in terms of, you know, pan, tilt, zoom. Uh, some cameras are fixed. Uh, you can have different styles of cameras from your, uh, your dome cameras to your turret cameras and then there's even bullet cameras uh, which are more for longer range and, and also uh, there's more technology coming out these days especially given the times uh, a lot of manufacturers have now made thermal imaging cameras um, they still had them before but they're definitely marketed a lot more these days and having the temperature sensing uh, is a good feature to have yeah so i mean there's definitely different form factors so i mean the typical the old school type bullet camera which you never really saw too much on a residential environment they were sort of the camera that said screamed out i've got cameras and you can see them very clearly yeah. and they're hideous to look at where we we tend to be more working with the domes or the my preference is the turret style um yeah yeah so i mean the diy product they sort of have varied form factors that just sort of come out of their uh, industrial design whatever that happens to be whereas the actual professional install products all sort of take the same form factor in, in a dome or a turret or a bullet um so yeah i think the um the turret is my preference because it's got a flat glass lens so it doesn't seem to have the issues with water and things like that that happen on a dome on a round surface so that's my preference the, yeah. the turret yeah i quite i quite like the turret cameras and again yeah with the domes you do have condensation build up sometimes on the inside uh, of the lens and also uh, they are a bit uh, more dirtier and the ir filters as well is uh, is something that to to be considered i guess in a dome yeah, camera yeah for sure so they're the sort of form factors and different things. I mean, there is another category that's above that in terms of the camera quality type, which is like the ones we described previously with that you find on sort of commercial buildings or government uh, or infrastructure projects. And um, they, they um, have just incredible durability um, and they're just meant to last basically forever. Their image quality is second to none. It's you know, far better than what you'd get from a mass-produced Chinese product like Dawa or Hikvision. But, um, I mean, in saying that, the Chinese stuff's catching up. It's pretty good. We've got some the new 6-megapixel yeah. cameras and are pretty good. Pretty good. So 
Yeah, definitely. Those uh, other level of professionally installed cameras we were talking about come from brands such as Axis and um, another brand, Mobotics. There's a few others out there and um, they're definitely the sort of higher quality cameras. And then the the other thing that sort of is the bigger part of the camera system usually is the, the recording platform. So there's various ways that recording platforms come into existence from your DIY products usually using like a little SD card plugged into them or I believe they offer cloud storage so they're continually uploading the video or motion-based video up um, to a central server for storage. Um, with the products that we typically work with, we're usually using just a, the manufacturer's own camera system which usually has the facility of plugging the cameras straight into the back of it and a hard drive inside the recording hardware that stores the footage. Um, that's the main bulk of product that we see. And then there's also the ability to have third-party um, video management systems that will give you the a, an enhanced user experience and a whole lot more power processing power and features that you would get with a you know, dedicated piece of software that's purpose built for running um, video storage for camera systems. Um, that's definitely something that I think is commonly overlooked by people when considering a camera system, especially like for a residential residential environment. They will just usually, I mean, it's our responsibility to sort of show people what the options are, but they'll typically just take the off-the-shelf camera recorder um mvr recorder that comes from the manufacturer so i think it's a good thing for integrators and um, people putting these systems together to be aware of some of the third party video uh, management platforms out there because they do have some great feature sets and um, they offer a much better user experience when considering playback and things like that from the apps on people's phones and also people who want to use their PC to access their camera system. So I think that's something to be aware of. I mean, the one that I'm describing that I've just done recently was the NX Witness platform. And I was really, really impressed with how good a, the video quality of the recordings was, but the simplicity to playback motion events and browse through things that have been happening and check out that you know it's just a much better user experience than comes from your, your hikvision or your dawa applications on your mobile phone or pc um yeah yeah and is that via hardware or is that software based um it's it's both so it's it's well i mean the hardware is generic it's just running on a lenovo server um so it's the same sort of thing in terms of recorder hardware and hard drives, but it's a uh, purpose-built licensed software that runs on that server. So you pay a fee per camera. So you basically, I think it's about $180, 200, 200 bucks, something like that per camera. And then um, you just buy amount of licenses that you require for the amount of cameras that you have. And then, yeah, the platform, you know, can work with any cameras effectively, you know, lots of different cameras that are available to load into the software. So you don't have to have one particular brand. You can use, you know, 
any which camera you like. And um, yeah, I was just really impressed with how how well it worked and how easy it was to set up and use, like from a user perspective. It's really impressive. Yeah, nice. Well, there's also another part to talk about with CCTV, and that is how you sort of hardwire or wire your ca- your camera system. And there's different forms of that, and more or less the main ones would be network cameras and and sort of having a cat cable, a network cable, Ethernet cable running to the camera. Um, that's typically the most common use case of cabling and using PoE power over Ethernet to power that camera as well as do the data transfer is a is a common feature of hardwired cat cameras. There's also other types of cabling such as HD over coax cabling. So using your old coax cabling, if you did have installs where they were run, um, you could utilize that coax cable. Um, you can also have Wi-Fi cameras, which uh, typically they would be more or less in the DIY market as they are the the u- user-friendly, easy install cameras that would use Wi-Fi. Yeah, so that's, that's I mean, with those coax cameras, it is also an option for people who did have cameras, you know, 10 years ago that would have typically been installed on coax cable. It's possible to bring those up to current sort of HD quality cameras and like the Hikvision and the Dawa do do their AHD platform, which is basically HD over analog cam, uh, analog cable. And they do work yeah. really, really well. We've done a couple of upgrades. They're, they are just pretty much exactly the same as doing a network install without having to actually change your physical cabling infrastructure, but pretty much all cabling nowadays. Um, if anyone's wiring a camera system, they're, you know, I would say almost 100% of the time wiring it with, dart, with you know, Ethernet data cables, CAT6. Yeah, definitely. That's the most common uh, cabling install for sure. And I mean, it used to be not that many years ago that just IP-based cameras were hugely expensive. Like, you know, they were 10 times the price of an analog camera, like a 900-line analog camera um, would be, yeah, a tenth of the price of an IP-based camera. But, you know, now they've been commoditized and the price is definitely very affordable you know they start at you know 250 bucks for the sort of fixed lens stuff that we we um we work with and you know, i'm sure you can get cheaper models than that yeah definitely there's also one thing to talk about with the diy sort of camera ranges is that some of them would either have uh, a hardwired power and that would be your mains voltage power um, or some of the other cameras such as ring uh, they have battery cameras and they would use their proprietary battery and then you just plug that battery in and it's essentially wire free i would say have you seen that system is that how long the batteries last for i can't imagine that's like i mean a that would be a issue where you could just pretty much pull a camera off and take it with you Um, yeah well then that raises that raises the next question also is that um i believe ring also have a sort of guarantee if your camera was to get stolen or for my case, I've got a ring video doorbell and uh, I know that I read somewhere that they will replace it if it does get stolen. So Yeah, right. 
They've so got a pretty good guarantee. You have to pull it down and charge it. Pull it down and charge it, and then also have it just connected to your Wi-Fi. Yeah, so you can buy additional batteries um, and have them sort of lying around, right. ready for ready for the swap out. But um, they give you quite a good. I think there's a few months out of them, and yeah, then right. they they have a battery indicator as well in the app and. I think they do have some sort of battery notification. Uh, don't quote me on that one. But, um, yeah, so they are quite smart in that route, in that right, sorry, where they do give you some sort of indication on what your battery level is and, and how you can go about, up, you know, changing your battery. Yeah, very good. Yeah, well, anything else you think of we can talk about in this episode, Aiden? Um, the only other thing is, is just when integrating these into you, if you, if you happen to be the type that has the uh, home automation system <clears throat> to go along with your camera system, you typically use, um, the, you can, you can use the home automation system to log in and see the cameras. So you can still have that one app experience with regard to viewing the cameras, um, to the best of my knowledge, there are no automation systems that allow you to play back video from within the automation platform. So you'd still need to have access yeah. to the whatever your recording system is, whether that be a third-party VMS system or the camera's proprietary recorder, you would still need to use that application for playback and accessing your stored, stored footage. So, um, yeah, just you can be pretty flexible with regards to whatever cameras you want that load into your, your automation system these days. They're pretty flexible. Um, so, yeah, you can still have that one app to to view everything, whether it be your lighting and, you know, all your automation, um, all your automation platform, including the CCTV cameras. Yeah, well, I think that wraps up a nice episode here talking about CCTV and if you are liking our episodes and content, feel free to subscribe and give us a review. We definitely would like to know your feedback and, and uh, yeah, feel free to reach out. Yep. Thanks for joining us. Please give us a question if you've got any. We'll catch you guys on the next one.